everyone, you're listening to Bionic Bug Podcast with fiction author and national security expert Natasha Bajma. Join me as I discuss the latest news about emerging technology, read chapters from Bionic Bug, and explore the real-life technologies featured in my novel. We'll discuss where fiction meets reality in the future. Hey everyone, welcome back to Bionic Bug Podcast. You are listening to episode number 40. This is your host, Natasha Bajma, fiction author, futurist, and national security expert. I'm recording this episode on January 20, 2019. Let's talk tech. Outer space is heating up. My headline for this week is Pentagon to study putting anti-missile laser weapons in space, published on Defense One by Patrick Tucker on January 16. So this past week, the Pentagon released its long-awaited missile defense review, the first one since 2010. It includes a controversial proposal by the Pentagon to study the possibility of space weapons. What are we talking about? We are talking about particle beams, ray guns, space lasers, or orbiting missiles that could intercept enemy missiles coming off the launch pad. So that is in the boost phase of a missile launch. This is a response to a dramatically altered security environment since 2010, in which we face not just ballistic missile threats, but also cruise missile threats and novel types of weapons like hypersonics. This proposal is remnant of the President Reagan's Star Wars effort in the 1980s. It's controversial for a couple of reasons. First, it involves the weaponization of space. Second, it will possibly cost billions of dollars. Um, And third, it may not be any more effective than our current ballistic missile system, which is also extremely expensive. But also there's another catch. If it is effective, uh, it could lead to a decline in strategic stability and increase the incentives for first strike nuclear attacks. Um, So for decades since the dawn of the exploration of space, countries have agreed not to weaponize space. And uh, many decades later, we rely upon space for satellite communications, GPS tracking. If you have um, DISH satellite TV, then also your TV also comes from space. If shots are fired in space at missile launches on the ground on Earth, they will be shot from space at at um, from missile defense laser systems. Um, but also, if then we have anti-satellite or anti-missile defense laser system systems in space, we'll have shots fired from space to space. What could possibly go wrong with this? We might get into satellite wars, and um, there's always the possibility that the wrong satellites could shot get shot down, and our country could go dark. We could lose GPS signals. We could lose satellite communications. Um, This is all very uh, interesting, but also troubling news. To offset this news, I have another headline that's going around. Netflix announced that Steve Carroll will star star in a comedy based on Trump's Space Force. According to the Twitter, Twitter, this show will be about um, how U.S. government stands up a new branch of the military. I am very, very excited for this. I think it will bring much needed comic relief. Let's turn to Bionic Buck. Last week, Lara and her team worked to stop Fiddler from carrying out his plot to kill thousands of innocent people with his beetles. Let's find out what happens next. Chapter 40, Cyber Shop. A fluorescent light flickered and buzzed intermittently above the small interrogation room at the FBI Washington field office. Lara opened the top buttons of her shirt to get some relief from the lack of ventilation. Why are these rooms always so damn stuffy? 
Her leather jacket hung on the back of her hard metal chair. She thought about balling it up and using it as a cushion for her rear end. She understood uncomfortable chairs for criminals, but they could roll in something nicer for the interrogator. Laura sat across from Fiddler, her elbows resting on the steel table between them. Rob was watching the interrogation from the other side of the one-way mirror. Rob had tried questioning Fiddler several times and gotten nowhere. With permission from his boss, he finally agreed to give Laura a chance. Maybe her experience interacting with the mad scientist would loosen his tongue. The district attorney refused to offer any leniency on the long list of charges facing Fiddler in exchange for information on a homicide case. So, he had no reason to talk, unless of course it was in his interest to do so. Lara needed answers to catch Sully's killer, and she knew Fiddler wanted to bring justice to Cybershop as badly as she did. She was counting on it. Relaxing her shoulders, she took a deep breath. She hadn't interrogated anyone since her time in Afghanistan and felt a bit out of practice. Usually she had a partner to share the duties of good cop and bad cop. It was far more difficult to play both roles simultaneously. Fiddler stared at her with his expressionless gray eyes. Having received treatment for a bullet wound to his shoulder, he wore his left arm in a sling. His good arm was chained to the table. Gray stubble was beginning to appear on the old man's cheeks and chin, and there were dark circles under his eyes. How are you feeling? Lara asked, trying to seem sympathetic. She despised the man in front of her for everything he'd done. The stalking, the attempts on her life, the attack on innocent people, and most of all, for hurting Vic. Still, Lara felt, somehow felt bad for shooting the old man. Fiddler shrugged. Good thing you're such a bad shot. The bullet went straight through, so no permanent damage. The doctor said I'm lucky. Still, in my estimation, I feel quite unlucky. And you've had a great deal with, to do with that, haven't you? Lara shifted uncomfortably in her seat. Yes, I have. She paused for a moment, wondering how to play it. Taking a deep breath, she continued. In the end, I think I saved you from yourself. You started this crazy plot against the government to get revenge against Cybershop and to find justice for your family. I believe you lost sight of your true goal. Your mother was innocent, but so were those cr people in the crowd. Hundreds of people could have died from your stupid beetle stunt. And I don't think you ever planned to kill innocent people, starting the whole cycle again. But no one died, did they? Fiddler grimaced. Lars shook her head. After the first responders administered first aid and antibiotics, shot the beetles out of the trees with fire hoses, and cleared the scene, public health officials and scientists swarmed the site of the attack to collect beetles for transport to the CDC. Working through the night in Atlanta, Maggie confirmed that ge the genetically modified beetles were infected with the plague and could transmit the disease to humans. There was no evidence of any toxin or microdarts. Lara furrowed her brow. I don't get it. Why lie to me about the frogs and the microdarts? Fiddler shrugged. For the hell of it. It made you sweat, didn't it? He looked as if he enjoyed her terror. I did think about changing my plans to use the toxin, but Ashton refused to help me put together the microdarts, and I couldn't do it myself in such a short time frame. In the end, I realized the toxin would have taken away, taken attention away from my real purpose to conduct a test of a novel vector and demonstrate the ineffective planning of the U.S. government. Lars shook her head in disgust. You attempted to hurt innocent people just to prove your damn point. 
The biosystem is a scam, and I, I expose the truth to the American people. Fiddler slammed his left hand on the table, wincing from the vibrations to his injured shoulder. It can't protect against the vulnerabilities our country faces. I wasn't going to let the Secretary of Defense lie about it and make the public feel falsely at ease. Lara glowered at him. You're no better than the Army officers who authorized the tests on American cities decades ago that ended up killing your mother. Bullshit, Fiddler screamed. I am better than them. I showed the government how easy it is to leverage insects for spreading disease, and they refused to listen. So I needed a demonstration to prove my point. I did it to save my country from bad actors. I sacrificed everything for the good of my country. Lara glared at him. At the moment, you're the only bad actor we need to protect our country from. All you've proven is that there are crazy people who want to harm the government and the citizens of this country. Crazy people like you. No! Fiddler kicked and screamed from his seat across the table, trying to shove it against her body, but it wouldn't budge. We found your penthouse, Lara said, hoping to rattle him. Fiddler sat up straight in his chair, eyes wide. Then he relaxed a bit, scoffing at her. Took you long enough. Admittedly, we failed to find your lab, and it sat under our noses even after several attempts to investigate. Once we discovered your front company, Technovation Industries, and figured out your fondness for alias aliases, a quick search led us to the penthouse department across the street that was under Frank Moore's name. What's your point? Fiddler scowled. Lara crossed her arms. We've now established a definitive link to your former identity, Jan Spielman. We also found your personal journals, which not only reveal the true cause of your wife's death, they clearly lay out your plans for revenge. With that evidence, the district attorney plans to add second-degree murder charges to the growing list. We also found your file that proves Frank and Anita's innocence in a leak at NSA. What we didn't find is any evidence against Cybershop, so we need your help. Fiddler turned his face away and stared blankly at the wall. Lara got up from her seat, moved into his line of sight, and looked down at him. Do you want to see your daughter again? Because I have the power to make that happen. She paused to see if his expression changed. Fiddler continued to stare unmoved at the wall in front of him. You're about to be sent to a high-security federal prison far away from here. This may be your last chance to see her for a very long time. I know Anita wants to see you, despite everything you've done. Fiddler scowled at Lara. I'm finally getting to him. If you want to start making this right, you'll have to help me find Sully's killer, Lara said. That's what you want, right? To put Cybershop behind bars? To get justice for Frank and Jaden? Isn't this the real reason for everything you've done? And isn't Cybershop responsible for your family's recent suffering? If you help me, I'll make sure you get to see your daughter, Anita, and I'll bring justice to Cybershop. Lara looked Fiddler directly in the eyes. He stared back at her coldly, not blinking. So, will you help me? Lara asked. After a few minutes of silence, Fiddler muttered, Yes. Lara sat back down in her chair and rested her elbows on the table once more. Okay, tell me how you met Cybershop, Lara said. Fiddler hesitated and turned his gaze to meet hers. We met on the dark web, on the TechNow message board. We met together with Drone Man, who I quickly figured out was the FBI undercover. Cybershop claimed to be an expert in encryption and offered access to advanced drone technology. This piqued my interest. Why were you on the dark web? Lara asked. I was interested in high-tech drones, military-grade, capable of long-range surveillance missions. 
but I figured out Drone Man and Cybershop were not who they seemed. I knew the FBI was watching me after my interactions with the NSA over my son-in-law's death and, that, and their attempt to frame him and later Anita for the leak. I began to suspect Cybershop to be the real culprit behind the sale of classified technology and Frank's death, but they wouldn't listen to me. For fun, I convinced Droman to put on a drone show. The FBI called it a sting operation. Ha! The sting was on them, not me. You intended the drone show as a trap for Cybershop? Lara asked. Fiddler laughed, enjoying the memory. Yes, to prove Anita's innocence. I wanted to steal a drone at the demonstration as final proof, so I bought a high-end jammer and drone interceptor from Cybershop, which was supposed to be capable of spoofing the signals and taking control of the drone. That was the remote Sully had on him when he died. I didn't think it worked, but Sully didn't get the chance. Cybershop duped us both and then killed him. Fiddler averted his gaze, as if Sully's death bothered him. Does he feel guilty about it? Did you ever meet Cybershop? Lara asked. Once, before I hired Sully, she wanted to meet me, so I indulged her. She was tall and had reddish hair, maybe auburn, but it could have been a wig and brown eyes. Lara pulled out a picture of Linda Maxwell from a manila folder and put it in front of Fiddler. Is that her? Fiddler leaned forward and studied the picture, his forehead wrinkling. No, that's not the woman I met. Are you sure? He looked closer. Wait. There is some resemblance. Yes, in the eyes, that could be her, but not her face unless she's had some work done and gained some weight. Why did she want to meet you in person? Lara asked. I'm not sure. Because she killed my family? Of course, I didn't know that at the time. I suppose she wanted to size me up to see if I was a threat. I became suspicious and hired Sully to figure out her true identity. What else do you know about her? Lara asked. At one time, she worked at the NSA as a specialist in encryption. That's how she knew my son-in-law. Frank discovered she was selling top-secret encryption technology, told her about his suspicions, and was going to inform his leadership. When she became irate, Frank decided to get his family to safety first and drove them out to his mother's place in Ocean City. That's why my family was driving across the Chesapeake Bay Bridge that night. Tears welled up in Fiddler's eyes as he slumped against the back of his chair. Unable to wipe his face, a tear rolled down his cheek. For a moment, he didn't seem like the mad scientist anymore. He looked like a sad old man who had lost everything that mattered to him. Is she your primary suspect? Fiddler asked, pointing to the picture. Lara nodded. Her name is Linda Maxwell. We first met her during our investigation of a company called Beautific Creations, a beauty product supplier that was the source of the botulinum toxin that killed Sully. So I was right, Fiddler said grimly. You were there that day, weren't you? I saw Anita waiting in their car, but you and Ashton were hiding somewhere in the warehouse. What was your plan? Well, before you and your miscreant FBI boyfriend showed up, I was planning to take her out. But it seems you were always meddling with my plans. The FBI has done a thorough investigation on Linda. We can't find any evidence she worked at the NSA in the past. Instead, we suspect she must have had an accomplice with ties to the NSA in Russia by the name of Anton Stepanov. Does that name ring a bell? Oh, Fiddler's eyes brightened slightly. He looked as if he was pondering this new information carefully and trying to match it up with his recollections. Ah, yes, Stepanov was Frank's supervisor. Do you think he was the inside man at the NSA working with Cybershop? Lar nodded. 
We haven't had much time to conduct an investigation into his background. I've been on the run ever since we connected him to Sully's death. Navigating multiple attempts against my life and your plot to attack the government kept me busy. What evidence did you find against them? Fiddler asked. We've connected Linda to the remote in Sully's possession and to the black BMW convertible. We think it's the same car that drove your family off that bridge. The door behind Fiddler opened. Rob walked into the room, stomped over to her, and handed her a file. Drone man, we meet again, Fiddler snarled at Rob. Lara, we found a body, Rob said, ignoring the bait. What? I sent an FBI evidence team over to Beautific Creations for another sweep. They found Anton Stepanov's body in the warehouse. He took two bullets at short range, one to the chest and one to the head. His BMW is parked outside. The plates match the VIN this time. Linda drives an identical car. Lara's jaw dropped. That's not all. We found the ingredients for napalm in the trunk of his car. You mean Stepanov attempt to burn down my townhouse? Lara asked. Rob nodded. If Stepanov and Linda were working together, they must have had a disagreement, or Linda merely used him to carry out her plans. Anyway, she has fled the country. My colleagues at the FBI are trying to track her down overseas. Justine has returned to her post back at NSA and offered to help the FBI by providing SIGINT on any calls between Linda and her foreign associates. That's all I have at the moment. Linda must have known I tried to recruit you as my private investigator, Fiddler said, a knowing smirk on his face. What? He tried to recruit you? Rob pointed at Fiddler and then gave Lara an incredulous look. You never told me that. Fiddler laughed and smiled as though he had found a pot of gold. She didn't tell you I offered her $100,000 to work for me? Lara shot Fiddler a furious look. Rob crossed his arms. No, she failed to mention that. Did she tell you she almost accepted my offer? Fiddler grinned broadly at Lara. He's enjoying this way too much. Lara cleared her throat. I declined your offer when I crushed that bug. I believe I paid dearly for my mistake when you showed me, when you shoved me in your tank full of beetles. She turned to Rob. And as for you, I don't want to hear any more of this. You kept secrets from the beginning on this case. Is there something you needed to tell me? Rob shrank back at her harsh words. A sinking feeling settled in her gut. She hadn't meant to lash out at him. Without looking at her, Rob left the room. The door slammed behind him. He loves you, Fiddler murmured. Then you love him. Lara raised her eyebrows. Anyone can see that, Fiddler said. Lara shook her head. He left me for another woman. That doesn't change what I saw. Lara ignored the comment. She didn't want to delve into her terrible love life with a mad scientist who had tried to kill her on more than one occasion even if for a moment she felt sorry for him. Lara got up from her seat. I'd say thank you for your help, but this is barely more than I already had. His eyes widened. What about my... I'll make, you sh I'll make sure you get to see Anita one last time. But I'm doing this for her, not you. Thank you. Fiddler gave her a weak smile, and Lara left him there, content never to see him again. Thanks for listening to the Bionic Bug Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. You can also support my time in producing the show with Patreon at www.patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N forward slash Natasha Bajma. See you next week.